Welcome to episode eight of the Wheel to Wheel podcast. We are right on schedule with another release here. Super excited. Uh, we're finally all back together. No more Zoom interviews. So I got my co-host here. How are the boys today? James, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Got some, some tequila in your glass ready for the uh, F1 <laughs> yeah, season. Had some pizza in my belly from earlier today and some tequila in my glass tonight. Feeling good. Right on. And Varun? How are you? No tequila for me, unfortunately. Just a just casual a, pint. Casual, just a pint. Casual, yeah. casual Canadian pint. But sometimes, uh, you know, during COVID, you can't always get out to the liquor store. So you got to just have whatever you have it sitting around. So the boys are feeling good on the weekend and ready for... Uh, we had a big week of livery announcements, livery reveals, and a bigger week coming up with um, the two new teams... Uh, new rebranded teams, their liveries this week. So it's a very exciting time uh, to be a Formula One fan, as always. But this next this next month, mm-hmm. uh, you know, March, we got the start of the season. We got round one coming up in Bahrain as well. So we are super excited. Uh, we'll just get to some quick news, and then we this main main part of this episode will be the last of our predictions for this season. So we'll be talking about our top three teams for the constructors as well as our top six or seven for the uh, drivers so pretty excited to see what the boys have Varun unfortunately doesn't have his in front of him but I mean he uh it's all up here it's all up there and I'm pointing my head by the way (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh, speaking of pointing at your head and you actually being able to see Varun we did release uh, our midfield predictions on YouTube uh, which was pretty cool I think I got a nice little editing job there so that was that was pretty cool if you guys haven't checked that out uh the links uh, in our instagram so we did release uh, a little bit of content on the youtube as well so we're trying to diversify a little bit but let's get into the recaps as mentioned we've had a little bit of news not a crazy amount um not silly season numbers but <laughs> we had a little bike crash for our boy fernando alonso thank god he's okay he, i guess he had a jaw injury but Mm-hmm. Things are looking like he'll be okay to to uh, race in round one this year. So that's a good thing. I mean, it would be very crazy. Maybe Nico Hulkenberg would have uh, super subbed there, but oh. we all would have loved to see that. But it is good that Fernando's... Yeah, are we sure he back. wasn't driving that car? Maybe. And I, I can only make that joke because we know Alonso's okay he's now. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <for Yes>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but and COVID's still a thing, so Hulkenberg, yeah. he, he's still be at the ready. Appearance. Yeah. He's at the ready. Exactly. He's waiting at the phone every race weekend. Yeah, yeah. Prime and ready to go. Exactly. Yeah. So, what? yeah, just basically to sum that up, it's great to see him in there. Hopefully, COVID doesn't take too many drivers off the grid, but we all know we'd like to see Nico. So, that would be yeah. great. But good to see Fernando. Exactly. Is in, uh, was good, in good hands in, uh, I think it was a Switzerland hospital. Yeah, I kind of feel bad because, like, we. We talked about how we don't expect a lot of them this year, points wise. Like <laughs> yeah. two of the three of us, but I, we, it doesn't. It's not anything against him. We know how talented he is. Well, so. he's proven everything he needs exactly. to already. So he's a world champion. So he's just on his victory lap tour right now. So. Exactly. And Alpine did release that he was going to be able to do his like regular training. Obviously, not at the intense level he probably would have wanted, but mm-hmm. he's going to be able to ramp up and be ready for when the season starts. So yeah, and 
yeah, pretty. It'll be nice to see him. Yeah, back. I think we've talked about that in our last episode. It's going to be really cool to see this drivers lineup up and down the grid this year is going to be a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. we did have some scary news coming across uh, the wire. I guess you could say right as we were sitting down to record, a uh, missile was intercepted over Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so the Formula S- E race still like a developing story. Yeah. Don't know much about what happened, but from what we heard, a missile was shot by. Uh, I, th- I believe it was the Houthi rebels. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that's all about, but apparently the the uh, rockets were directed at the Formula E race today. Um, or it was in like the the vicinity. Yeah, yeah. We don't it, know where the exact location was going, but mm-hmm. that's fair. So we don't know if it was actually directed at the race itself or in in a nearby a nearby target. But the luckily the rockets were intercepted. Um, but just having that happen, obviously. There's a lot of controversy already um, with Formula One returning to Saudi Arabia to race this year. A lot of people are unhappy about that just because of um, human rights and all that stuff. And Formula One claiming that we race as one, yeah, but then you go preach that. Yeah, preaching that we race as one and then going to race in a country with a terrible human rights record. And now an actual like scare and threat to the driver's safety and everyone in the paddock. So um, I want, maybe if this picks up some steam, we might see F1 reconsider their decision to race there this year. I'm sure... Yeah. Uh, a lot of F1 fans wouldn't be too um, upset about that. So Yeah, I think it's crazy that, you know, the, uh, Formula One's one of the sports that, you know, we tra- they travel around the world to do these races, and it really does get political in a lot of countries that they go to, and it's crazy to think that, you know, sport really crosses that kind of line where politics can really screw, screw it over or even put people in danger. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so with that danger, I feel like at the end of the day, maybe they're going to negotiate a couple extra zeros at the end of the check that they get out of Saudi Arabia. How much more oil can you need to go to the ground to keep <laughs> us coming here? So we'll see what ends up coming of this. And it's like, it's an obvious, obvious, uh, concern for go, sure. going can, forward. Is, absolutely. So like you, I don't know how much they need to invest in like missile defense systems. But why? But, it's crazy. You need to even think about that. Like, absolutely, it's not even a risk they should be willing to take. It's so already, I wonder if the fact that like the missile defense. I mean, I guess the missile defense systems are probably just always on the ready there. But like, I wonder if they knew that there was a threat going into this, and that's why mm-hmm. it was. Uh, mm-hmm. They were there, but I mean, coming as hockey fans, like it's interesting for us because we're so used to just being in this shelter of like two countries where we're always playing. Um, whereas F one, you're racing all around the world. Um, obviously, not every country is the same, and there's different dangers and realities that the drivers face yeah. going over there so you know you're racing in a country like you know canada or like france or the uk and then you're also racing in other places that might not be so safe so mm-hmm. um it's definitely an interesting perspective to have just as hockey fans who aren't really used to this kind of thing just researching earlier i, I was reading a post about how every single year something happens when with the teams in brazil that they either get robbed mugged something on the street like team members happens to them every single year yeah crazy. so yeah just saying like when we're in canada u.s like we never have to really worry about something like that yeah, and we just have to worry about the cops arresting you when you're at a hockey game <laughs> yeah, yeah. but now all they have to do is worry about at these uh brazilian races just have a couple uh couple quid just to toss around <laughs> yeah. just to pay them off and move on to the next one but yeah one of the craziest <laughs> things about this sports is the logistics and then again how that pl- the political stuff plays in oh, and man. the risks <laughs> these guys are taking not even on the track but the fact that like you could be just going there to play your sport do your sport do your job and then there's a missile attack like craziness yeah. so again hopefully this is just like a one-off thing and it's a very scary thing but 
uh, yeah, we'll hope that it, it doesn't happen again. And Formula E, even Formula E, there's a lot of money going into Formula E. It's There's a lot of drivers that some people argue should be on the grid in Formula One mm-hmm. that are in Formula E. So, um, scary situation and uh, we'll hope for the best and um, that, that something like that doesn't happen again. So, crazy. And we had to talk about it because it was, like we said, fresh off the press. Uh, another more even more emotional uh kind of i think i think i would say news but seeing formula one on instagram they posted uh i don't know if you guys know the exact wording but it's like your biggest hero something mm-hmm. like yeah. that who was your your driver formula one hero growing yeah. up and the top liked comment on the post was mick schumacher saying my dad like, yeah just so emotional that was at the heartstrings yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely tell me about it and it's crazy to think like we weren't even you know diehard fans at the time that michael was at his peak not even close to diehard fans and like he's meant so much to the didn't sport. know the impact and at all that he yeah, had really. i think it's even more eerie that he's still alive but he's not able to like you know we don't know no one knows yeah. the situation he's in really like they don't they're very private about it so yeah, yeah. i w- it would be very emotional for me one day if like he does like improve his health and then he could actually show up at a race or something like i would probably ball my eyes out honestly to yeah. see it to see it so um yeah and just crazy. think about how proud he is probably of mick Seeing 100%. him debut this season too, so yeah, yeah. it's definitely uh, a very heartwarming post for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that's for certain is that like everyone, no matter who your team is, no matter who your favorite driver is, is going to be rooting for Mick Schumacher this season to to do absolutely. well. Um, and like, yeah, how can you not with just like how good of a kid he is? Yeah. Um, the impact that his dad, like we mentioned, has had on the sport and how much of a legend he was. So for sure, it's going to be very. I mean, I don't think he's going to ever really have any people that don't pull for him for his career. Absolutely. It's, it's, which is awesome. And like you said, he's a, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And just, I mean, not that he needs to try, but just by contrast, he seems so much better when you compare him to his teammates. Yeah. Uh, Wait, like people we aren't going to be cheering from Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. I don't know why. The devil on the one yeah. shoulder and the angel. Just like the, the, yeah, the analogy we've uh, mentioned. The I was going to say, someone needs to like make a, a post with an edit of like Gunther with Mick as the angel and <laughs> yeah, Mazepin exactly. as the, the devil. And then, uh, and then with a stack of money on the yeah. other side. And then just the rich energy guy on the, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in between <laughs> on his back (laughs) craziness but yeah very emotional uh couple pieces of news there and um we're all really excited it's one of the one of the gonna be one of the highlights for me to see mick in his first f1 race and Mm -hmm. to be month tomorrow month tomorrow to see that not even because this is a short month so it's like like not exactly some number of days that yeah very close (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're close close. very close but 28 to 28 exactly and as mentioned beforehand we were also very close to the uh new liveries coming out for the new teams we've had three that have or four that have been released so far uh we saw a very intricate mclaren uh showcase of the livery it was very interesting to see them with not much change not much change to the livery (laughs) they did a very uh and we are obviously mclaren fans but they did a very uh kind of showy it was a very like yeah i mean well thought out production just for not a lot of like um not exactly a groundbreaking reveal, but no. yeah, um, I feel it was more of just showing off that HQ. That, oh, exactly. Their headquarters is beautiful, and the McLarens that they rolled up in. Oh, yeah. oh that was beautiful. And the then, flex. of course, the new driver too. So, got to give yeah. him some mm-hmm. airtime. And I guess the fact that it was raining added a little bit of. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, one thing I I will say I've mentioned uh, that I've noticed in the last 
few months or month, I would say, since we kind of start seeing Lando and Daniel together. I don't think that their personalities are as similar as like Carlos was with Daniel. Like I think they're going to, I don't know about butt heads, but yeah, like Lando and Daniel are very different. Like Daniel's like a party hard kind of guy, like doesn't really have a filter and Lando's kind of like nerdy and conservative in certain ways. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get along. Big age gap as well. Big age gap. Big age gap for sure. I, that's one thing. It's good thing you brought it up because uh, I'm sure a lot of people out there watch McLaren Unbox, which is a great. If you haven't, you should definitely look it up on YouTube. It's a great. After you subscribe um, to our YouTube channel. Exactly. <laughs> great behind the scenes look at like uh, McLaren. They they do it on race weekends and all that stuff. And they did one for um, this car reveal. And you could see that Daniel, because he's, I think there's almost some pressure on him because he's known as being like this funny guy. So he's expected to wherever he goes to like crack jokes and stuff. And it kind of seemed forced a bit because he's obviously with new coworkers, new like staff, engineers, all that. And then Lando seems like he's actually deep down somewhat of an introvert, like you said, Greg. And that Carlos just like, uh, I I guess like brought him out of his shell a bit because Carlos has like a very unique sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to take some time because everyone's expecting like Lando and Daniel to be like the funniest driver lineup on the grid Mm -hmm. and so i think yeah i think they'll have i don't know if they'll necessarily butt heads but i think it'll be interesting to see how their chemistry goes because um like you said there is a big age gap too and um with lando being somewhat of an introvert and daniel just having that pressure new team having that personality but another thing as well is like lando is technically like their continuity he's been there the longest that's right daniel's the newcomer but also way more experienced has way more accolades so, how much does Lando want to give to Tex? I'm assuming Daniel makes way more money than him as well. Like, he has to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, how much is he really willing to give from the team that he's been on for his third season now yeah. for Daniel's first? Even so. in some of the interviews they had when they first took, they had Lando up on stage first and they were asking him kind of like how it feels to be, you know, in another year in McLaren. And he's saying, like, oh, I kind of feel like I'm a bit of like a team leader here. And you could tell he kind of like bit his tongue when he said that. Mm-hmm. It was it was very interesting. So, yeah, it'll be, I think it will be interesting to see them on track and just the way that they interact. Because I don't know if they'll necessarily get along the same way that, that Carlos and Lando did. Just because mm-hmm. Carlos is more of like a, I think he's just in a very agreeable person. Like he doesn't do anything incredibly flashy with his yeah. persona. He just kind of like gets along with everybody. Uh, even with his interviews with Ferrari that I've seen, he's just the same. Like, he's very agreeable guy, nice nice guy, easy to get along with, whereas Daniel's a little more flashy and would say anything, so. Yeah, exactly. And I think half of, like, Lando's and Carlos's interactions were just Carlos trying to teach Lando Spanish, Spanish <laughs> phrases and stuff. So, with, with, I don't know, so I don't know if that's really going to work with Daniel trying to teach him the Aussie language. He but, taught him G'day already. Yeah, so. well, yeah. There you go. Approved. Yeah. But wheel, wheel pod approved. Wheel the wheel pod. <laughs> All that being said, though, we do know that these guys can be absolutely hilarious. Just that one presser alone comes to mind. I'm sure everyone knows which one I'm talking <laughs> about. We're... Do you even have Pugia? Yeah. Classic. Yeah, that one had me rolling. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think it's just going to take some time. Obviously, sure. it's like brand new, but we'll see. Yeah. It. Definitely something interesting. Um, on that note of car reveals, though, um, switching gears to Red Bull, who had their car reveal as well last week. And obviously, not much change other than uh, a few of um sergio Perez's sponsors uh added on added on to the car telcel and whatever he has but and then aston martin going to papa that's Stroll's right. car yeah. yeah goodbye yeah. Take, so. take that off the drs but yeah. one thing that's interesting that just uh came to mind was people noticed that um after the car reveal every red bull car photo shoot they were using their previous year's car for it and i think um some people were speculating that's because Red Bull made a pretty big change to their the rear of their car, and they don't want to 
give other teams a chance to copy it before the start of the season. Oh, yeah. So they've actually, ever since the car reveal, they haven't been showing their new car at all. It's been the Red Bull uh, 16B or whatever last year's model was called. Um, it's not really, like, you could tell the difference anyways because the new car was so similar, but... I thought that was interesting because yeah, and they were I, only showing like three D rendered pictures. Exactly, they were showing like a re- big reveal like the other teams. Damn, I didn't yeah. even dig into those yeah. details. So that's, that's just really like interesting. One thing for me as just like a relatively new F one fan, I find that stuff so cool because yeah, it's like in hockey, you know, you're not copying other guys. <laughs> you can try to copy yeah. McDavid as much as you want. Yeah. You can't, you can't really. Uh, but in Formula One, I mean, if you have all the the specs, you could make a pretty close copy of what you're yeah. going for uh no one has different like skate blades exactly different gloves in baseball yeah. or something everything's so, available it's an yeah. even even ground yeah. that's what that is yeah that's actually very interesting i know I, I did hear some buzz about that and uh the other interesting thing too is they did come to an agreement with honda to extend uh their usage of their power unit so that's right uh they've obviously been taking that power yeah. unit to some wins and obviously alpha towery with the win last year with the honda power unit so that is nice to see that we're not just going to go down to two Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we can still have that third power unit uh, maker. Yeah, I think it's actually the fourth. Fourth? Renault. Oh, Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. And Mercedes, yeah. I thought but, about, I forgot about Ferrari because their unit was so shit last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was one thing I remember that was big controversy because I remember, again, this might just be something off Reddit that I just read and could be completely false, but something in Max's contract where if the, the manufacturer changed and wasn't, as expected, aka Honda canceling mm-hmm. earlier, because that was what the news was at the end of last season. Yeah, was that they were they were going to be gone, mm-hmm. and so the fact that they re up until twenty twenty five, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, maybe. That completely takes Verstappen off of the canceling his contract earlier and maybe jumping ship to Mercedes. Yeah. So like it, it pretty much solidifies him holding out his Mer- or his Red Bull contract till the end. Yeah. I've heard actually, I think I know what you're talking about when you mentioned that. And there's also, I've heard there's, there's multiple out clauses to his contract. So yeah. that might be one of them. Yeah. I heard there's like, if certain drivers are in certain seats, he could take it. Oh, if man. there's a Mercedes seat open, I've heard that again, all speculation, uh, Reddit kind of stuff, but you never know. That would be very interesting to yeah. see what, imagine looking at Max's contract. I bet you there's so many, so many yeah. of those kind of things. Cause he is such a talent. Oh yeah. Wait, so you're telling me that Formula Dank isn't always a reliable news source? <laughs> you're telling me that this podcast isn't yeah. the most reliable news source on the internet? <laughs> but all in all, it's been uh, pretty good for, um, I mean, the, like we mentioned, yeah. those first two, very similar looks. We obviously had the uh, Mercedes power unit come in with the McLaren, so we're excited to see how that goes. But And one thing I was going to say is maybe having Yuki, Japanese driver, for the Red Bull team, well, Red Bull family... Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Maybe yeah. it could have had a little sway with Honda and yeah. saying like we have a. Oh, you being race. racist now, eh? <laughs> no, no. I think I think <laughs> it was just something to for liability back issues. Home. I think what James was getting at is that there might be some sponsorship opportunity there. You know, just like Alex Albin had all the Thai sponsors hopping on on that, and Yuki, the the young Japanese driver with a lot of potential, so, and he also looks adorable in that little he race. Is, man, he's he's gonna be like the. Um, <laughs> Uh, like everyone's uh, what's it called like the boy next not the boy next door like <laughs> schoolboy crush or something like I feel like everyone's gonna have a soft spot for Yuki this year mate you're gonna get this podcast this boy next door he's like your little brother like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Cute, okay. like a cute little brother well yeah, oh, yeah I was just talking for, he's, he is I'm talking for the masses here yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious but it was funny because I saw on Instagram they had a uh, they I think it was some Spanish uh, or sorry Italian 
um, sports channel that had a head-to-head of Gasly and Yuki, which I found hilarious because Yuki hasn't even raced in F1 yet, so he just has zeros across the board. <laughs> and then the, in the graphic, they also had them at the same height, even though I'm pretty sure Yuki is like five two. five foot two. Yeah. 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 So yeah, very minuscule. Yeah, I'm very sure he guy. fits into that cockpit, no problem. You know, yeah, no problem. He's a booster seat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I'm really excited to see him go. He's quick, so it should be exciting. Yeah. Um, to see him, and then we obviously had the um two alphas with their reveals this past week as well so uh we actually did see some livery changes which was cool uh the alpha romeos with uh kimmy and antonio they came out of the floor and they had this really (laughs) cool uh uh kind of reveal with their colors now being inverted so rather than being that maroon reddish color yeah. main way it's the white and then the maroon is the secondary color so yeah. with the all white race suits with the red uh red accents yeah it's a good look it's a good look. look i like that little clover too that little green clover oh, yeah. that they have like yeah. it, it pops yeah it i like that a lot the all white suit for antonio looks oh. even more like jesus now so yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be the savior this yeah. year who knows Never maybe know. this first lap's only but um true Pretty, yeah, and then we also had the same kind of inversion with uh, Alpha Tauri as well. So Pierre and Yuki, uh, nothing special. They didn't come out of the floor or anything, but they did have a cool little... They did actually show their car. They didn't just show pictures. They actually did show, and they had uh, some interviews with Yuki and Pierre. They're both really excited, and uh, again, we're all we're all uh, excited to see Yuki in his rookie season. So mm-hmm. the boy next door. <laughs> the boy next door. <laughs> and race winner Pierre. Yeah. See if he can uh, back good. that up. So. How is it going to go this year? That's going to be exciting. Because yeah. we saw so much pace last year. Oh, man. He's got a potential for sure. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah, next week coming up, we got more uh, car reveals. So, uh, mm, big ones. Yeah, big ones for sure. I thought it was interesting. I was talking with the boys before that Aston Martin has their reveal scheduled for the day after Mercedes. So, going to be a long night for the engineers trying to copy that car and <laughs> get, it, get it ready to go for the, the next green, day. The green Mercedes. The green Mercedes yeah. this year. That's right. The team formerly known as... Sahara Force India. But you can no longer say tracing point. That that that's that right. is gone. That yeah, we're gonna gone. need someone from Reddit to come up with a new uh, catchy phrase to call them. But Aston Mercedes racing. Yeah. I don't know. Aston matching. <laughs> yeah. Aston matching. Racing. It's a work in process yeah, right now. But we, 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 got, we, got, it out. we got plenty of races to figure it out for sure. But they, yeah, they will be. I mean, they were so competitive last year. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, and I'm so excited for Seb to race in that car too. So. Yeah, that was our main talking point yeah. last episode we're so excited for that yeah, so. speaking of uh predictions for this year yeah we'll get on to our top threes for the constructors as well as our top seven six or seven for the drivers pretty excited to cap this off uh once again we will be posting our full 20 to 1 uh and 10 to 1 predictions onto the instagram so you guys can keep up to date, check how we're doing. And then at the end of the season, we can probably laugh at how bad we were, like we mentioned uh, in last episode. So uh, I do think there is at least one or two safe bets with the top three. So the boy this, next door, the boy <laughs> number one <laughs> driver championship. Yuki, the boy next door. Is <laughs> oh, this is just going to stick. I've had a blunder. I've had a blunder, but uh, that's what we like on here. This is, this is when you can get organic laughs when you're recording a podcast. That's, that's what it's all about. That's right. I'm sure you guys come for the banter too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, like we said, we're not. You're not coming for the most uh, credible. We're no. News. We're no Will Buxton. That's for sure. No, exactly. Although they do call us the Will Buxton of Canada. So yeah, yeah. All three of us combined yeah. make one Will Buxton. <laughs> yeah, we're a third each. I'm sure we can get it trending somewhere. <laughs> the, the Canadian Will Buxton. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. So I guess uh, we'll start off with um, P3 for the constructors. So I think we all have uh, McLaren, our team. So 
we unanimously decided, I think we, we talked about in one of the earlier episodes, that we were going to include McLaren in this top three. It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. like it's a shoe-in. Obviously, there's a good chance that Aston Martin comes out, Absolutely. has a really good car. But due to the fact that they finished last season in P3, we thought, mm-hmm. why not be able to put them in with the big dogs? With for the this? power unit upgrades as well. Exactly. So things are looking up. Uh, and we thought, you know, why not? There might be some, some hate out there, the fact that we're putting them up here so soon. But they finished their last season. So I feel like that gives them the credibility that we're going to throw them in there at P3 this season. So there you go. You have our <laughs> P3 for the constructors for all three of us. Do you guys have anything to add uh, just with the team? Or do you want to move on and just talk to the drive? Talk to I the was drive. just going to basically say, like, arguably a better driver lineup with that experience yeah. that we mentioned with Daniel. Yeah. Like, this is his 10th or 11th. Yeah, seven race wins. He's many, many podiums. Many I think podiums. he's in 30s or 40s at this point. So, yeah. yeah. And, and on top of that, uh, um, what we're expecting to see is a more advanced car, too, like a better performing car. So, definitely, I think we're going to see a lot out of McLaren this year. Yeah. So, we're pretty excited as fans. And uh, we'll move on to, like we just mentioned, the drivers for, uh, for our boys at McLaren. So, we have Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. Um, for myself, I'll start with. Uh, Lando, I did mention last episode that I had a McLaren driver fitting in between P8 and P6. Uh, so I do have Lando Norris finishing P7 in the constructors. Uh, I think he's shown very good racecraft. He's always right there. And that um, Austria performance last year was absolutely phenomenal. So he's always going to be right in there. I just think that the rest of the drivers here... It's crazy to think I'm putting him at P7. It's hard to even say that I'm putting him at P7. But the other drivers I have ahead of him, like I mentioned last episode, I have Vettel in P6. I think that Vettel is just going to have a resurgence this year. He's shown that quality throughout his career. So I think it's going to be tight between those two. Um, And if it's not tight, then that would mean literally I think Vettel is doing insanely well. So I have Lando personally in P7. Splitting uh, Charles and Sebastian. So what are you guys thinking for Lando? Interesting. So I have him uh, pretty similar. The only reason... So I have him in P6. And the reason for that being just because I ranked Seb a little bit differently than you had. Um, so I have him in P6. And kind of like what you mentioned, it's no fault of his own. I just think um, the reason he's not higher is because he's not in a Red Bull. He's not in Mercedes. And he's not Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much it. So he he's a great driver, young driver with a lot of promise and a really uh um a car that's getting up there so i think p6 is a um is a good result for him too in in terms of what we can expect so um and i think he's only going to get better but for this season just because of who he has ahead of him um and the competition he's going to face i have him p6 as well or sorry p6 um but in a similar kind of logic as you you yeah you just had so you had vettel and p7 that's right yeah okay yeah and i i agree with aaron with uh norris and p7 and one of the other reasons why was Daniel's recent shift over to Renault in 2019. He outperformed Nico by like quite a significant margin as well. So Nico's been there, was there for a few years at the time. And Daniel came in and just outclassed him every way. And I'm, I'm expecting the same thing from him. Like Daniel outperformed, um, what's his name? Ocon mm-hmm. last season, just every single race weekend for qualies. And I think it's just going to be same. As soon as he gets used to that car, he's just going to keep outperforming. So I have Norris in P7. And then as mentioned last pod that we had Vettel slotted in at that P6 Mm -hmm. slot. And then might as well just go right into it. I have Ricardo 
sitting in at P5. P5, okay. Yeah, interesting. P5, okay. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so I have him slotted in so there. Him... And yeah, I think Vettel is going to have a huge flip that I mentioned from last season, big hopes for him. And then I think Daniel's going to be just fit right at home with those Brits in, uh, in McLaren. P5 for Mr. Ricardo yeah. for James. So you're thinking Sergio Perez's first year in the Red Bull will be better than Daniel's first year in the McLaren. Very interesting. I think that is mm-hmm. crazy. So I'll just move on uh, to to myself. I I think that we've seen that there's a more of a struggle with that Red Bull car to master that Red Bull car than there is for the McLaren. We saw Carlos come in. He arguably outperformed Lando a lot of the times. And I think uh, Daniel is a better driver than Carlos. So I think uh, for myself, I have Daniel in P4, uh, just above Sergio. I think it's going to be tight, man. There's going to be very few points between these two, I think, for four and five. Uh, And that's given that uh, Sergio continues his form uh, as, as he did last year. Um, and yeah, I just think Daniel is, is going to be in that P4. I think he's just too good. Those seven race wins throughout his career and he's just shown so much. So yeah, Aaron, you and I see, uh, eye to eye on this one. I have Daniel in P4 as well. Um, for sort of the same reasons you mentioned too, I think, uh, we know that the Red Bull car can be somewhat difficult to get used to as a new driver. And we even heard, um, Sergio Perez, I think it was yesterday come out and say that he said he can really see how, uh, some drivers would struggle because the the front end of it behaves so differently. Um, I don't know if he was just saying that to kind of like take some of the heat off of Alvin and Gasly, but um, oh, why would he want to do that? <laughs> They're running for his. Seat. I don't know. He's a, he's a nice guy, so we yeah. we never know. But yeah, to hear him say that definitely confirms like what a lot of people have um, have expected. And he even said that he's really hoping he can get up to speed before the start of the season. Um, but we could easily see it take some time into the year for. Uh, him to get fully used to that car and just how it behaves. It's it's really just something that like Max is just a beast at handling, and um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sergio struggle a little bit. And um, and like James mentioned about Daniel, he's like just so good, especially in comparison to his teammates um, coming into a new car. I don't think he's gonna have much trouble adjusting to it. So uh, yeah, I think Daniel is a pretty uh, good bet for P4 for myself. Okay. Right. I like it. So we got a little variation here. That's right. We, we always want perfect. variation. We never want to... I'm very surprised so, you have Checo in the Red Bull above him. So that's, I'm very Should we just roll right into uh, I Red do, Bull? Before, okay. pause up for one second. My hot take of the year that I mentioned to the boys before, okay. but McLaren is going to win a race in 2021. <laughs> McLaren's going to win a race. I don't know if it's... It could be Lando, it could be Daniel, because they're both very good, but... McLaren is going I like to it. win a so, race. So, 2019, they get a podium with uh, with Carlos. Last year, they get a P2, P3. It's going to fully evolve into a race win. I like it. And, and with a 23 race season, mm-hmm. many opportunities to do such. So, I like it. And if you really want to take it a step further, make this take the hottest of hot, my, my, my take will be... Monza. Monza McLaren. Monza McLaren. Nico Hulkenberg substitute (laughs) at Monza. No? (laughs) Okay. No, okay. So just just one of the current racers. Okay, we're not going to go that far. You just took my breath away. (laughs) I was kidding. I'm just kidding. I was going to take that hot take to an even more scorching take, but Greg kind of took some of the heat off it by calling Monza. I was going to say, I like the McLaren race win prediction. I was going to say in Canada. Oh, with us, with Reisenberg in the McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
okay. Just the pink helmet. That's too aggressive. That's too aggressive. No, no, no. no. We're going to say the current drivers, but current drivers, I like it a lot. I like those picks. You know it. what? I, I don't think Monza um, is a bad guess. I don't think really any race is a bad guess because we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying I have a feeling about Canada. I'm okay. just thinking maybe like Monza's going to become this track where like we see in modern F1 that it's just madness. Like Pierre last year. Well, it's going to favor the fast cars, so. Yeah, exactly. So. Super interesting. Um, okay. Love it. I love that we have some variation here. So, like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. James, you can take the take the lead now. Rolling on in. Sure. To the Raging well, Bulls. With Red Bull itself, I mean, I don't think there's much to report on a constructor's basis. P2. Not much. P2. Yeah, P2 last season. It's all Aston Martin money out. Probably doesn't impact them very much with the... the, the Checo Perez pesos coming in. Boy next so, door. Yeah. In the, in the system. <laughs> yeah. The boy next door in the junior system. But um, so for the Perez and P4 is where I have them slotted just above Danny Rick. And the reasons why, one, he popped the cherry last year with the race win. I think that completely opens the floodgates. the first man to pop his cherry past the age of 30. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So first of all, gets the race win. Secondly is the fact that you guys keep mentioning that the Red Bull is very difficult is very difficult car for new drivers. Checo is anything but new. He has been in Formula 1 for such a long time and over a 23 race season, I think that he will get through those growing pains quick. He'll adapt very early and will be able to over the course of the full season be able to really go into his own into that Red Bull car and actually give Max I, want, I don't want to say run for his money, not even close, but he'll give him a supporting cast that he's really had absent of and maybe give Mercedes some like proper um, proper just challenge over the, the, the year. I think we're going to say the same thing, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, no, I think we both have him slot in the same spot. Um, I have him P5, but... I'm just going to go complete opposite. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say first first race of the year, DNF from Sergio. Oh, my <laughs> no, I, I, I said there's going to be growing pains. <laughs> I said he's, he's going to come into his own over the season. Okay, okay? I thought, I gonna thought be I heard tough. you say he's going to give Max run for his money in the first race, but maybe you meant over the course of the season. But yeah, yeah you mean over the course. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm still, I'm still sticking to my guns here, calling it a DNF the, at the first race of the year, and I think I'm just going to keep making these um, out, out of pocket predictions and hope that one sticks, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not that I hope he does, but if it, if it did have to happen first, yeah, but as you guys mentioned, like history says that the car is tough for the new drivers to come in. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the new I, drivers for Red Bull, not necessarily. Yeah, just I just, I'm just surprised that when you're talking about, like, obviously we're saying two new drivers jumping into new seats, Daniel and Sergio, I'm surprised you're taking Sergio over Daniel. That it surprises me strictly based off of how much faster the car was last year compared to the McLaren. That's fair, and I think the car. It's fair to say the car is has, better. Has better potential, but it's yeah. not necessarily that potential can be used by a brand yeah. new driver. Uh, yeah, I think this is honestly now. That, now that I'm really looking at it, this is the coolest part, the coolest battle in the grid, because you're looking at two guys that are in the forms of their life. Like yep. yeah, you looked at Daniel. He pulled away with the uh, fastest lap in Abu Dhabi. He came out with podiums in the last few races. Like. He's on fire. And then Sergio was the most consistent driver on the grid last season. Race win. Race win. But his consistency, P4, P4, P4. We were betting on him top six guaranteed. Like, Mm -hmm. it was always always the case. So, it's going to be crazy. I can see it going either way. Yeah, that is a battle. That is going to be a battle. And I'm excited for it. And that is what I think 
Sergio's going to be able to fully be? Is that something that Red Bull's been missing? Yeah. Is that supporting cast for Max to actually compete with Mercedes? For sure. Week I'm... in, week out, race in, race out, it's always been Max versus Botham. So I think he's finally going to be able to do something with that. Perfect segue, because I was just going to say that we could see some Hambot Perez. Hambot, what is, is it Pez? Is that his little... <laughs> per? Per. 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 Okay, Hambot Per instead of Hambot Ver or Ham Ver... Per. per. Ham for per. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So I'm thinking That's it could definitely, if, 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 if James's prediction comes true, we're going to see a lot of Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez's podiums. Uh, I think uh, James is mentioning, you know, giving Verstappen a run for his money, giving him a good supporting cast. If you can give Botas a run for his exactly. money. Exactly. If I'm you thinking. can look and see, because there was races in 2018 and 2019 where we saw some extremely good racing from uh, guys like Gasly when he was in the Red Bull, and he was up there in that that fight for the top four. They mm-hmm. had Botas and uh, and Gasly fighting, and then you had Hamilton and Verstappen. That's what I want to see this year. Yeah. And if it's Perez, you got someone again. He's got that. Uh, he's he's credible. He's mm-hmm. he's got a very long career, and yeah, let's let's get it. Let's gonna be a great top part part of the battle. Here. No, absolutely, and I think it's just gonna be like in general so good for to reignite those rivalries because. Um, like these past couple of years, we just had Max uh, kind of leading a solo battle behind the enemy lines. Behind enemy lines, trying <laughs> to spinning out. Sp- yeah, splitting, uh, <laughs> trying to split those silver arrows. I guess they're they're black arrows now. But yeah. um, just having mm-hmm. a, a teammate who can hopefully, if he if he can get up to speed with the car, um, pull the whole team into that fight. And then McLaren too. Like just uh, if if our predictions come out, Greg and I were um, we have Danny Rick finishing ahead of Perez, then that could just um, you know make it a three-way rivalry we obviously haven't had that with with ferrari just being absolutely terrible um recently so just if mclaren could throw themselves into the mix too i would be very yeah i think it's gonna be very interesting to see like saturdays are gonna be huge they're always huge yeah but saturdays for mclaren like how close can they get how close can red bull get this year but if even if mclaren can always consistently be um, you know, up there. What if we see more polls from other teams this year? So pretty exciting. Um, mm-hmm. The polls will be a whole nother story. Like that would just shake oh, up yeah. the grid. That would Shaking shake up it up. Sure. Just not give Hamilton the clean air just to fucking yeah. fly from the start. That would be yeah. incredible. And, uh, there's a lot of times like now, obviously <clears throat> we're not, we haven't been fans of the sport forever, but going back and looking at these seasons and how they went over the years is you don't, you never know what's going to happen. Like this season we could be in, for a season where there is an extremely tight battle at the top because mm-hmm. we have the drivers yeah. here, we have the cars here, and if they mm-hmm. are as good as they can be, it's going to be very And again, COVID's always just stirring the pot. Stirring the pot. COVID's stirring the pot. Now we have missiles stirring the pot too, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a whole Politics. other story. It's a whole other beast. Yeah. So should we go to the other driver Let's in uh, the Red Bull lineup? Who's the other one? I don't know. I think his name's uh, Verstappen. Jose, 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 Jose's, Jose's son, Jose's son, Jose's son, Max, Maxi boy, Maximilians, Maximilians, uh, unanimously P two, unanimously P two with Red Bull, P two. Just to disclaim, I did have uh, Perez and P five as well. Vroom did mention that, but uh, I also had uh, Perez Mm -hmm. and P five. So Verstappen, yep, unanimously P two, as well with Red Bull being P two. This guy, he's going to win races this year. He's got another year older, another year of experience, another year of, you know, he had some hard lessons to learn last season, and now he's going to have a teammate that's really going to push him in all, or push him more than any other teammate Mm -hmm. that he's ever had in Red Bull. And even gives Red Bull opportunities to have, like, strategies that they've never been able to use before. Exactly. Because Perez can mm -hmm. go 30,000 laps on a hard tire, so... 
Oh, absolutely. If we can have, you know, just two cars, like we, we always were talking about like a, a, like a metaphorical battle, but actually in the race itself, have two Red Bulls up in the fight, um, you know, doing whatever they can to try and, uh, to try and create space for each other. And, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like Weber and Vettel were the last Exactly. Two. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was, um, that were... the, the two, the duo that were able to do that. Yeah. So it's going to be good for sure. And I think we're going to see Max, uh, eat into Lewis's lead in the driver's championship more this year. I think it's going to be a closer, I still, I mean, I think it's safe to say we, we have Lewis winning. Um, but I think we're, <laughs> it's <laughs> the boy next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I, I would like to see Max make it a bit closer of a battle. Maybe if it's not, even if it's not going down to the last race of the year or anything like that, but um, just, you know, close that gap a little bit. Not mid-September. Exactly. Where we're kicking our feet up exactly. and calling the championship Turkey, already. Yeah. yeah. And you never know, like a, someone gets COVID the wrong time of the year and something else happens, and then you, what do you know? You got a Max yeah. Verstappen driver's Yeah, I'm, I have some high hopes. And Max, I'm pretty sure, did finish behind Valtteri last season. Very close margin, but I think this oh, year... Oh, did he? Oh, interesting. Yeah, That's my so, bad then. I thought, I, I thought he finished second, but... Yeah, yeah, but I, I just think overall, just him in a in a different mm-hmm. different car and over a longer season, like Aaron said, more experience, yeah. better teammate. And one other thing to consider was that teams aren't really having big advancements in their car this year with the impending twenty twenty two regulations. That's right. Yeah, I think so for the most part, it's like very. Red Bull was version. looking sharp at the end of last season. They always say it year in year out. Hopefully, we're gonna give uh, Mercedes. A run for their money. Mm-hmm. Maybe this year, this could be the year that finally happens because of all those uh, those ch- changes and salary cap does get implemented a bit this season. Spending cap, yep. first, spending cap, first little bit. So we, we all could come win, into play. So the, the the wind tunnel stuff, the yeah, the salary cap starting to yeah. move in. So, so unanimous P two for for Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah again more race wins, more podiums. If he can be, if he can be the most consistent driver on the grid as last season, <laughs> we. <laughs> For those of you listening, we just had an absolute uh, phone call interrupt our, our technical, uh, difficulties, technical difficulties for our uh, podcast here, but uh, I'm leaving it in because it's actually hilarious. And our I want production guy is getting fired. Let's our production guy is getting fired, but the fact that if I was able to like consistency, if I was able that last little twenty seconds ago line, and if I was able to complete that sentence, that is hilarious and gold. However, what I was talking about is <laughs> if Max can be the most consistent driver on the grid. This season, he will give Lewis that run that you guys are talking about. Because last season, he had so many DNFs. And it's like mm-hmm. every race he won, uh, he was in, he was like in the podiums and stuff like that. He finished. He was Hamburger. Exactly. So super uh, excited to see Max this year. And oh, I'm, I'm pumped to see absolutely. him this season. And like Max and consistency aren't two words that you normally just like put together just because he had so much bad luck so i think like if max could be consistent he's like easily up there 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i don't know how much more there is to say i know james you uh been you're just like if any uh, everyone knows follow our instagram max uh james is max's love child so yeah he collects the helmet mini helmet poses with the cat and watches the documentary with subtitles so i know you yeah. want to full full documentary that. in dutch he even has a, a a um blow up of the sports illustrated <laughs> max Verstappen shoot on his uh wall post so. it up on the wall no yeah. not quite not maybe yet. it is might be true but uh documentary series whatever it takes very very good three uh three segment series first first episode really is like his childhood second is him like coming into his own and really 
like showing the potential of Formula One and his first race win that he had in uh, 2016 when he was 18 years old. And then the third episode was him like finally fully into Formula One. But the one, the one story that I wanted to kind of mention was how Yos, his father, kind of brought him up and it's very, very messed up. How there was one race particular max was like primed and ready to win the race and he's Paul, young right like very yeah. young yeah. yeah i believe he's like between 12 and 14 years old like very very young and at the time just an absolute talent so yo putting all his time money effort everything into it has this one race weekend where max gives up his uh lead position very early on in the race again like 30 plus lap race plenty of time to make it back does a stupid maneuver crashes spins out done race is over on the way home yost does not want to have any words from him just silence on the way home from italy back home to the netherlands max just continually wants to address it yost is having none of it pulls over to the side of the road at a gas station and just tells him to get out gives him the boot gets out drives away he's like a 12 or 13 year old and he just boots his son out. Eventually turns around, picks him back up. I don't know how long he was waiting there for. Probably enough to send him a message. Goes, picks him up, doesn't say another word. Again, Italy to the Netherlands. Long I don't know time. how long of a drive that is, but that's probably a long, long drive if it's just dead quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember having long drives home from hockey with my dad when he used to coach me. And that was awkward, but he never kicked me out at a gas station and drove down the road. Yeah, and that was probably. And from, I'm also not in the NHL, so. I was probably from Westport to Smith Falls. So it's. Yeah, it's a good thing Yost went back to pick him up, or else Max might have just been uh, roaming the streets of Italy to his yeah, day. Yeah. Never. Uh... Probably would have found a girlfriend still. But, yeah. And um, Max did not hear a word from his dad for a week straight. Crazy, Yost did not man. say a word to him. So that probably just kind of shows the background of like what the killer Max has become. I was gonna say he is a killer, and that's it shows why he's a killer. But Hard love. He's um, he's not happy with where he's at. He wants to be world champion. Yeah. He doesn't want to come third. He doesn't want to come second. Last year he didn't. Get, they interviewed him about his battle with Botas for second. He didn't care. Yeah. He's like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm not first or nothing. He ain't first or last. Ain't first or last. And that's, and that's the kind of like yeah. the attitude you got to have. the same day. <laughs> that's the attitude you got to have. I mean, you're never going to be a champion if you don't have that kind of attitude. We yeah. don't hear it from Lewis as much because he's always winning. So he doesn't need to have. Yeah. So, but when oh, he. Oh, the Red Bulls gave me a good chance. Yeah, this exactly. Week. Oh, well, piss back, off. back before when he was in McLaren, he was fighting hard oh, for his exactly. titles and for his wins and yeah. stuff. He was frustrated, man. Yeah. There was a lot of people that didn't like Lewis because of the way he acted sometimes. He was a yeah. little immature and he would get a little feisty like Max does too. Mm-hmm. Like Max calls people names and <laughs> says shit that And that's the stuff I love. Well that's Max the thing about just Formula One that's so much unapologetic. Different. Yeah. And I love every second of it. Yep. No, Max definitely has all the tools to be a champion and I think just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It just needs the... And if you watch that documentary, it just shows how he was bred to win. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you, the, you, they, you mentioned how, you know, they put all this money into getting Max to where he is. And that's why he, if he sees a hole, a gap, he's going to go for it. Because he knows that in his mind, when he was younger and training, he's like, oh, if I don't go for the gap, if I don't win this race, mm-hmm. my dad's putting everything on the line. My family's and putting everything on the line. one thing that they do mention in the documentary as well is that his dad made it clear from the start was... Never be afraid to crash the car because as soon as you're afraid, 
you're no longer going to win races. Yeah. And so he's not paying for it. <laughs> now he's not paying for yeah, it. Anymore, no. So he doesn't really care about it. But yeah. never be afraid to crash the car. Because mm. if you're afraid, you you will not put yourself in the position to win. And, like, Max, you can clearly tell, like, he he's just a psychopath out there. Oh, and we've seen... And I love it. I think he's taken, uh, taken that to heart because we've definitely seen him go for those gaps sometimes. And I think it's just a matter of time. Like, once he gets the right feel for it, he's just going to start... A little um, bit of luck. Yeah, start mm-hmm. taking advantage of those gaps too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Awesome. No, it's definitely an interesting story. And we can definitely see where Max got his personality from. Yes, it's yeah. no secret. But Max Verstappen, whatever it takes, highly recommend the mm-hmm. documentary. And if you speak Dutch... Even better. Even better. Yeah, you don't need no, the subtitles. No <laughs> subtitles. Right on. Yeah, super exciting We're to see Max, uh, see what, how, what kind of uh, run he can give Lewis. And that goes into Mercedes. I mean, we've kind of already given our two cents on Botas. Uh, I think we all have him P3 That's in the right. title, uh, the championship standings, as well as uh, Lewis in P1. There's not too much to say here. I think we've gone over how, you know, we want them to both be challenged this year, right? Like yes. you see... Botas and P3, that, that's probably, you know, his car is so good that you can't put him anywhere lower than that. Yeah. Uh, so, it should be interesting to see what how he does um, this coming season. He had a really rough end to last season. He definitely wants to forget about it. Move on to 2021. But, uh, yeah, the Mercedes. They're not, I mean, what are we going to say about the Mercedes? <laughs> they're probably going to win this year again. <laughs> they're probably uh, going to be fast. They're probably going to be black because they released a, <laughs> a teaser of them having black paint on Instagram. So, yeah. Uh, no, I think there's not much to say, but I, one thing I want to see is just more, like, feistiness between the two drivers. I think mm-hmm. Valtteri is a very good number two driver, and he, like, just because he gives Lewis the space, he knows what Lewis is and all that, but I think at, at a certain point, even a, a guy as nice as Valtteri is going to, Gonna you have know, to try to take his... Well, he's, he's got a, probably got a little fire under his ass. He, he's tired of, you know, all the attention being on Lewis. I think uh, this year, maybe... He might pull some actions that maybe the team's not too happy with just because the team's always looking to secure the, the best outcome overall. Mm-hmm. But Valtteri's obviously got to look out for himself a little bit too. So uh, wouldn't, wouldn't mind a little bit of that mixed into the, this yeah. year for sure. And we've talked about it before that either way, you know, we're predicting Lewis winning, Mercedes winning, but we are witnessing sporting history here. Lewis is one of the greatest Formula 1 drivers, if not the greatest Formula 1 driver of all time. So yeah. putting him up in that P1 position, there's not too much else to really be said. There's... James uh, has a nice little rolling investment bet on uh, <laughs> little wager. little wager on P1 for Lewis for the championship. You also have Max, but yeah. the for sure one is pretty much yeah. uh, Lewis if he doesn't get... There's a bit of a difference good. between the two wagers. If there's, <laughs> ever a bet, if there's ever a bet you can call a value investment, that's it. right? Yeah, there, yeah. Because, yeah. It's like a bond. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. a matter of time when the coupon... Warren Buffett would be in. proud. <laughs> so, uh, not telling you that it's actually that much of a for sure, but uh, I think it's pretty safe to assume... Lewis will be up in that uh, P1 again, but either way, we don't want to damn like I feel like it's death taxes and Lewis Hamilton P1 <laughs> in the Grand Championship at this point in time. But it's impressive. We're watching it. It's Absolutely. Sporting, Breaking history. Sporting history for yeah. sure. So yeah. even if Lewis wins a bunch of races again this year, I'm not going to be sad about it. And and who knows? We never we may never see like dominance like this again with the, the rule changes. So mm-hmm. uh, this might be something that we're going to be happy like decades from now to be able to tell our grandkids that we got to see and witness in real time. 100%. And at least we only had to endeavor two years of it. Exactly. So yeah. as proper <laughs> we, we didn't have we, to endure we saw the, the climax of it. Yeah. Exactly. We didn't have to sit through all the middle parts. So. Exactly. Yeah, no, super exciting. Uh, and, you know, mad respect. I don't think a lot of people uh, will always have respect for that Mercedes team. Toto Wolf uh, 
he's one of the best guys in the sport. So and he re-upped for another three years, I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It, so. Well, I mean, he's he's a partial owner of the team as well, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. So we did. I think we did. Did we talk about Lewis's contract being one year? I think we did last episode. Yeah, yeah. Just how it leaves it kind of open, but. Either way, it's going to be exciting. We also have uh, some exciting news when it comes to back, circling back around to how we became fans of the sport. Drive to Survive has re-upped again for Season 4, uh, as well as Season 3 is going to be dropping on March 19th for here us here in Canada. Not sure if it's the same worldwide, but uh, Netflix will be dropping the Season 3 of Drive to Survive. The fact that we're going to see that Bahrain, Romain Grosjean incident and everything like that the behind the scenes of it all is mm-hmm. my, my heart skips a beat because not only that, but we're seeing that Pierre win. We're reliving this whole, uh, this whole awesome season, our first season as fans. The COVID season. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be yeah. crazy. So many things to mention. So super yeah. exciting. And it's, it's coming full circle too, because we would have never been fans of this sport. We would, this podcast wouldn't have existed if yeah. it wasn't for mm-hmm. that Netflix series. So mm-hmm. got to pay the respect it deserves. Cause we would not be here if it wasn't for Netflix and, uh, their documentary so yeah and big passion. time big time and I, we also shared on our instagram uh formula the one made a post posted an article uh talking about the user engagement on social media year over year and compared it to all the other major sports in the world and that's one of the interesting things again about formula one being a worldwide sport is it, it's not only compared to soccer but it's compared to like nhl uh, nfl and darts and stuff. <laughs> darts <laughs> rugby yeah. and all that kind of stuff it was up the highest of any sport year over year during the pandemic. We are living proof. This podcast yeah. is living proof that that it that that is going on. Um, they had like a hundred percent increase year over year, which is absolutely crazy. Good for them, especially with the money that they're clearly losing without having fans at all these races. The fact they were able to pull it off, going 100%. country to country, yeah, with COVID and all those restrictions involved, mm-hmm. like tip the cap. Yep. 100%. So super excited to see those two new seasons um, on the horizon. One very soon. We will be uh, watching that all probably in one or two days. <laughs> so we're super excited for that. Next episode, we're going to drop uh, a quick little episode right before uh, the weekend for the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, we'll maybe give our takes on some qualities and what we see as a little bit of a race prediction. But there's not too much else. I hope you guys all enjoy the new liveries that are coming out this week. Um, check out our Instagram, which we'll be sharing a bunch of our thoughts regarding the Alpine as well as the Aston Martin liveries. Um, Ferrari as well is also uh, coming up. So super exciting. We're on the last stretch. It feels like it's not that long ago, but it also feels like a million years ago that we watched <laughs> the race. So um, yeah, let's uh, pretty excited to have our predictions fully in. Again, this is all for fun. We're not experts, but let's see how well that these three Canadians can do uh, in our second full season watching Formula One and mm-hmm. taking our deep dive into it. So follow us on Instagram at wheel to wheel pod and you can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel as well. We're trying to make some content on both those. So thank you so much for watching. See you right before Bahrain round one. Cheers. Later.